Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Windy City Cubs podcast, Jordan Burnfield coming on up. Our friend Brian Beto is AWOL. He has not checked in. We will discuss this at the start of the podcast. We are worried about him, and hopefully he's okay. So, Beto, we're thinking about you. I wonder if you're checking out the podcast. I do want to bring to the podcast just a little promotion. Shaquille O'Neal, the Shaq Daddy, uh, will be joining the Windy City Podcast next Monday. So I'll have a little Shaq Daddy episode for you. And also to my Kansas City fans out there, some of you may not have known, that back in the day, I worked at 610 Sports Radio in KC. I will be a part of their retro week going back in time. So I get to host on Monday from 2 until 3. Going to have my guy Nick Wright on for a couple of segments. He'll probably make fun of me and I'll regret it. But uh, I will be on 610 Sports Radio Kansas City coming up this Monday. Headed down there this weekend to, uh, yeah, see the sights be back in a city that meant a lot to me. It was really the first time I was working for a sports radio station and getting to host and do all that stuff. Uh, Chiefs pregame, night show, Nick show, a lot of Royal stuff. It was a ton of fun. All right. As for those battling Cubs, we're going to talk about Javi Baez and his pathetic recollection of how many outs there were. Now, I've done that, by the way, on the softball field. Ken Hendrickson picked off. I've done it. It's true. All of us have. Of course, I'm not on the Chicago Cubs and getting paid millions of dollars to play baseball. But just because you're making a lot of money doesn't mean you're not going to have moments in time when you're thinking about something else. But it ain't great, and it's certainly bad optics. And I love what David Ross did. You, Javi, you are no longer on the field and hopefully this will resonate throughout the clubhouse that we're not going to have, as talented as you are, players not being keyed into the ball game. And Javi's been very keyed in, incredible instincts. No one does it better in the moment. Walking his way back down the first baseline or stealing home or pulling one arm back and the other one forward and doing an incredible athletic swim move to slide in safely to second base or home plate. I mean, Javi's immensely talented. We all know this. Uh, But he also can be absent at times. And 
you got to have someone who's going to hold authority, and that's what Ross did, and I loved it. See how they do here with the Dodgers uh, coming up, which starts tonight. Uh, but let's get into the podcast. My main man, Jordan Burnfield, with us. The Windy City Cubs podcast starts right now. Showtime. I hate to start the podcast like this again, but last week it was Burnfield who was late and prioritized his daughter over this podcast. Uh, hashtag Matilda, more important than DeWindy, which was super upsetting for me, although obviously the right decision. I also blamed his wife, Deanna, uh, for not prioritizing Jordan's work life, which I thought was a fair attack on the great Deanna. And now today, <laughs> hi, Jordan. How are you, by the way? I'm fine. How are you, Mark? I'm excellent. Like your Northern Kentucky t-shirt as we do record these on Zoom. Um, although you obviously can't hear that as you listen to this fine podcast, but just to paint a picture, Jordan's wearing a Northern Kentucky shirt, which you definitely got as part of your broadcasting career. I did. Do you know the mascot for Northern Kentucky, Mark? The Wolfpack? Incorrect. That would be the Norse. The Norse. I, I, I definitely knew that at one point in my life. I definitely had that knowledge for 10 minutes in probably 2007. But today, Brian Beto has not responded to a text in how many days? 24 hours, 48 hours? What are we at here? I mean, it's been a while. I would say we might need to put like a, uh, you know, an APB out on him or something because I'm just not sure where he is. But I hope he's okay. Hi, Brian. If yeah. You're out there. So twice if you're in Milwaukee, uh, let's see here. Going back in time on our, uh, on our, on our schedule here. And apparently that eight fifteen thing did work. And then you, you texted on Monday at nine fifty seven PM. Can we pod Wednesday AM? I said, yes, you responded immediately. Nine 30. I said eight 30 or nine 45. We ended up at nine 57. I blame Hunter Armour and the video team. Very long meeting this morning. But I, but I'm, but Carmen and Burnfield have been going back and forth all since Monday night. And Beto has just gone straight silent. Do you think that Beto's mad about something with, with us? Or is it just we're that unimportant to him at this point? It's just I not even, un- not even angry. Unimportant. Unimportant. Yeah, unimportant. Yeah. Because I don't know what we would have done. So I can only assume that the priority level of this podcast. I mean, for me to criticize him would be the pot calling the kettle black. No, no, no. You're, you're entitled at this point. You, so you, I, I'm not going to do that. However, I would say that, you know, it was, it was a low rung priority and uh, you know, he's got a lot going on right now and it, it is you know, hopefully we'll get him next week. To me, if we were going to go rankings of most valuable members of this podcast, <laughs> I would put Beto number one, frankly. So him not being here, puts us at two and three. We'll see how this goes. I feel empty. There's no doubt. And low rung is not easy to digest. I mean, that is, we're, we're out here battling for every ounce of fiber inch of grass that we can possibly have in the podcast podcast landscape. By the way, last week I put out the Cubs pod and the White Sox on the same day. Cubs pod doubled the White Sox pod in listenership and time listening although I don't think our time listening numbers are accurate, but that's a story for another time. I do want to ask, uh, I want to tie Beto into a, a very important Cubs topic, I think the Cubs topic of the week, Jordan, which is 
uh, what is more important or, or, or what is more prioritized? Brian Vito being on this podcast or Javi Baez knowing how many outs there are in an inning? What do you think? Beto on the pod or Javi with the outs in an inning? What's your guess? I would say Beto on the pod because he generally prioritizes it. I Well, here's the thing, though. Like, Javi Baez has done this before. So I think that it was less about what he actually did, which was not knowing the amount of outs, which is bad, and I'm not defending it. Obviously, that can't happen in a major league game. But I sort of feel like what happened was David Ross wanted to make an example of Javi to wake up the team. Cubs have lost six of eight going into last night. They finally get a win. They hadn't scored more than three runs in a game in the last eight. So they had been struggling from an offensive and from a results perspective over the last week plus. And I think that David Ross has the kind of relationship with Javi, with Bryant, with Rizzo, with these guys that he's been with for seven years now to be able to make an example of Javi knowing that he's not risking the relationship permanently. And it was meant to wake up the team again, not defending what Baez did. It's inexcusable when major league players don't know how many outs there are, but it did seem to ignite a little something in them because last night there was, there was evidence that they had an offense, which we've not seen in almost a week and a half. So that's an interesting I would say borderline preposterous angle, uh, but okay. <laughs> I Why mean, preposterous. He, he doesn't want to take his star player out of the game. He doesn't. He 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 said that he, afterwards that he felt sick about it. That he, you know, and it bothered him the whole game. I don't think. Right, of was, course, he's got to say that. I'm telling you that I think he doesn't want to take his star out of the game. I agree, but I think that. The Cubs have been playing like garbage for the last 10 days. It's so much so that all the people that were writing the columns that they should start building for the playoffs have now flipped completely and are saying they should dump everyone on the roster by the the trade deadline. So we've gone back and forth with this. I think that there was some strategy in this to say, we're we're not doing this. We're not doing the nobody knows how many outs there are. Let's just walk it through to Jordan's point here. Uh, by the way, if you agree, feel free to make a comment on the review page of the old Windy City podcast. We got one this week. I was very happy to see that. Thank you so much. And I did hear uh, from some folks who actually like this podcast, which I was very pleasantly surprised to hear because I didn't think anybody liked this podcast. But apparently we have at least one person who likes the podcast. Bert. There's more than one because I've heard from a couple of friends and uh, family members, not my parents, who I didn't even realize were listening to this podcast from out of state. And so I'm pleasantly surprised to know all, uh, all uh, of our uh, listeners. All right. We're, we're building here, damn it. But yes. so to walk this through, you're almost saying like, I'm going back to Lou Pinella when he had his meltdown in 2007, that whatever was going to be, he was going to go out there and get kicked out. So you're saying that David Ross was sitting there basically looking for an opportunity. And here it was. Javi Baez, if you missed it, in the fourth inning on Monday night against the Cleveland Indians in a one nothing game, he was batting second in the inning. Chris Bryant walked to lead off the inning. Really not that hard if you're even remotely paying attention to your life to know that you're the second batter in the inning. He grounds into a fielder's choice to third. He's standing on first base. Rizzo on a six-pitch at bat, six pitches, you know, a fair amount of time. I didn't, t- I didn't clock it. So let's call it two minutes. 
At that point in time, Javi's mind went completely elsewhere. And when the fly ball was lifted to left, he just jogged around second base and the Indians ran over to first, tagged tag first, and the inning was over. And Baez was just walked off the field. And then Ross eventually came over to him and said, you're done. Baez kind of shrugged his shoulders at Jock Peterson and then went into the clubhouse. And then afterwards, you know, basically, you know, he, he owned it. And nobody wants to get taken out of the game. And, and, and Ross is saying that, uh, you know, I don't want to do it either. And, and then, by the way, in, in the fifth inning, uh, Arismendi Alcantara takes over at, at short. And on Sergio, the first, but I love that you said Arismendi. Well, oh, I'm, what did, uh, Sergio, that's so bad, <laughs> but so good. I have not. So good. I, I, it was so I, good. It was I, a great moment. Yeah, I, I, I apologize to the Arismendi people. You're no longer on the team. Sergio, you're the man. Uh, but ground ball right to you. A little slow getting it over. Ramirez beats it out. The Indians score two in the inning, make it three nothing. They go on to win four nothing. Elsley doesn't make it through the inning. Uh, you know, I, I think the team at the moment was a little bit stunned. I'm a long-winded here to, to Vernfield's point that did it pay off the next day? Uh, maybe you're. I, I, I don't. I mean, there's I don't, no I, way to know, obviously. But but what I would say is that in that moment, it. I'm not saying that he wants to make an example of Javi Baez. I don't think he you, wants to You that. looked at it like this is an opportunity. I'm going to grab it. Because it's an obvious opportunity. That's, that's, it's such an egregiously bad mistake that Javi, I, he's literally jogging to third base while they are lobbing the ball back to first to double him off. It was so obviously a mental error that I, I do think that, you know, the, the, Mistakes compounded themselves because then you got to throw Sergio, don't call me Arismendi Alcantara into the game. He's not ready to go in. He makes a bonehead play himself and the mistake ends up compounding and they end up losing the game, which I don't think that they wanted. But I think David Ross in that moment knows Javi Baez is one of my stars. He can't make this mistake because it permeates to the rest of the team. So I think that David Ross had to come out and say, listen, you might be one of my stars, you might not be, but this stuff can't happen. We cannot have this occur, and if it does, you're out. And I well, think that it did, I think that it did wake up a couple guys. I can't prove it, but I think that if I'm on the team and I see them take Javi Baez out of the game, because how many times do we say, Carm, and how many times do I think like older baseball fans go, well, back in my day, you know, this guy would have gotten taken out if he did something like this. So Ross did it. He did it. And to his credit, that sends a message to the rest of the players that mistakes are going to happen, but that kind of mistake should not happen. For, for the record and for extra effect, I was fucking thrilled that he did it. I thought that was absolutely the right yes. move. Get off the field. You embarrassed yourself. You embarrassed the team. You're embarrassing me. I'm the manager. You're, I mean, all of it is terrible. I don't care how good you are. And in the back of his mind, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's, well, hopefully this will wake some guys up and we can have some accountability around here. Listen, there is, there has been the, we won the world series. We are the shit Cubs attitude. We we've seen it. it. There's a little bit of a cockiness that has gone on with this club that uh, I don't think helps him. And, you know, Javi's uh, reaction, you know, 
he, I'm not saying he should have taken himself out of the game, but like I, I, and, and I'm, and I'm really nitpicking right now, but even his, like, like his little shimmy shake that he did in the, in the dugout. I don't, did you watch that Jordan? Like when I did, but you know, I, I just think guys react differently. I think when guys are embarrassed, they're going to react differently. That's I, fair, I thought that's he was fair. embarrassed. I thought he was embarrassed. He knows better. He, for all the things you can criticize Javi for, that's typically not one of them. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to make a lot of like really boneheaded mental mistakes. And so I thought he was embarrassed and I'm not going to, I'm not going to nitpick him for that. But what I would say is it's, it was an opportunity granted to David Ross that was so obvious. And I think a lot of times managers don't take it because they're afraid of what they're going to do to a star player. But I think that he knew that Javi could take it. And so he took it. And I think we'll see how much it really makes a difference. But last night they looked like a team that had a pulse when they didn't for the last eight days. Do you think that Joe Madden would have taken him out? No. And that's one of the things that, because you were just saying that like the Cubs have thought that they were the shit as, as you put it for the last six years since they won the world series and that there's a little bit of a, I, I think it's more that they needed the pressure taken off to win, right? Joe was brought in to help them relax amongst a situation that would be the highest pressure in history in sports, right? You're right. The Cubs, you're trying to win the world series. So what he did was so beneficial, I think, to the mental aspect of them actually getting over the hump and winning. I do think that they're the, that the, foot came off the gas the next season when they came out sort of hung over and didn't play well. And then they needed to get to the all-star break to start ripping off wins and win the division and get back to the NLCS. So I do think that there's a little validity to that, but where I would sort of correct, in my opinion, correct the argument is that I don't think that they've had this the whole time, but I think that they sometimes revert back to when we won, it worked to kind of take the pressure off of ourselves and so the body language can sometimes suggest that they're not, that they're a little cocky, but I, I sort of look at it differently. I think it's, they know what worked and athletes, I think you would agree, always kind of revert to what they think has worked for them in the past, right? Sometimes to their detriment, sometimes to their benefit. And so sometimes when I look at the Cubs over the last five years, I think that their mentality often is we're going to be fine. We're the Cubs because that's what worked in 15 and 16 and help them get over the hump. So I think it's less, we're cocky. We're going to, you know, we're, we're, everything's going to work out for us and more. This is the mentality we have to have because there's already enough pressure on us because we're the Cubs. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's be honest, it has worked. In right. They've 20, been the, one of the winningest teams in baseball right. in the last six years. Right. So they, it works. Right. Yeah. They went to the NLCS in 2017. They were a playoff team in 2018. They were a playoff game team again in 2020. So now it works. A, it's worked. It, 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 Period. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Let me ask you something, Jordan. Which player would you rather have? Uh, player A, 240 batting average, 323 on base, 511 slug. He's got 18 homers and 42 RBIs. Is this right. Kyle Schwarber? I, I, I knew you were going to know who it was. Yes, that's correct. It okay. is Kyle Schwarber. 18 freaking yes. home runs. 
Uh, well, he hit five in like two days. Yeah. Right. Well, well, yeah. yes, I, he has been hot and he's doing it at the top of the order too, by the way, everybody yes. thought that he could never do that. I was probably one of those people, but he's doing it. I was definitely one of them. Cause he sucked at the top of the order. So uh, now we've got two forty three. that's three points better on base percentage of three Oh three. That would be 20 points worse. Um, slug of four fifty six, which would be about 50 points worse. 11 homers, 32 RBIs. That's Jock? That would be Jock, yes. Okay, so obviously 15, right Hold on, now, let me, yeah, one more. 15 walks for Jock. Uh, Kyle has, uh, hold on, 25, so 10 more. Kyle has struck out 75 times. Jock has struck out 63, so not exactly that much less. So those are the numbers, by the way, and basically it's the same player, roughly. Roughly the same. I, Kyle Schwarber has been slightly better. But the one thing that I would say is, and we talked about this on the podcast, I wasn't for them getting rid of Kyle Schwarber for Jock Peterson, other than I believe that they're similar players. Jock is probably a little bit better of an athlete and a little bit better defender, right? We can agree. We that agree. Those are true and that offensively they're going to be similar, but Jock in a, in a good year, might be a little bit better overall while Schwarber would hit more home runs. Jock better mustache. I I don't know about the mustache, but (laughs) I I think that it's (laughs) when they were hitting in May, Jock was hitting the fastball and that he was generating offense for them. When he is not hit in April and in June, it has really hurt their offense. And I think that this conversation would be better had by saying that Neither one of these players is a leadoff man by the traditional sense or even by the new age sense of being high on base and high contact rate and all that stuff. So neither one is an ideal option to lead off. If I have to have one over the other, right now Schwarber has better numbers. I don't honestly, I think you could pick them. Either way is fine. The point is, since Dexter Fowler left this team, they still have never really found an option to lead off. And Ben Zobrist, you would think would have been that guy, but because of personal reasons off the field in 2019 and in 2018 was really never able to, and because he was aging and, you know, not the same player that he used to be was not the solution. So they've never found. And I think this is one of the reasons, like if we look at why the Cubs did not become the dynasty that a lot of people thought they were going to be in 2016, after 2016, I don't think that this is the top reason, but I think one of the reasons is that they never found a solution when Fowler left. They could not find someone to generate the top of the, the, the offense at the top of the lineup the way they could with Fowler after he left. Can, can we just, since you brought it up, can we talk about Byron Yawn? Oh my God. Uh, big bad Byron, the CEO. I shouldn't make light of this, but this is a podcast. And hey, uh, this is just completely and utterly out of bounds. The CEO of Forest Crane and Company, that's a national area business consulting firm. He's also the pastor and elder at the Community Bible Church in Nashville, which uh, I mean, I'm a Jewish man, but if I was going to switch over and go to church, I would not pick the Community Bible Church in Nashville based on the evidence. Yawn uh, meeting with Zobris and his wife, Juliana, who, who Ben used to come to the plate to her walk-up music. Let's not forget about that. Uh, yeah, 
The minister is accused of defrauding not only the Zobers Charity Foundation, but also for having an affair with his wife. That is that is the most bizarre story, perhaps, in baseball history. Honestly, the if minister. All the things, the, yeah, if all of the things that are written in this story are true, this guy, Yawn, is a monster. And he's providing counsel to Zobrist while having an affair with his wife, while taking his money for church-related. This is like, I, here's the How thing. do you ever get to be a minister of a church? Like, that is unbelievable. That is, it is. Holy, that is so. You have to believe that the people that you confide in, in a religious setting, are trying to be good to you, right? You have to believe that. I, I, I think now that this is public, people need to understand what was going on with Ben Zobrist, okay? The guy was gone for almost a year. He forfeited money that he would have been paid for playing seemingly try to, to finish his to, to try to fix this unfixable, horribly stressful, mentally damaging situation. I and mean, the fact that he actually returned, I don't know what you try to put yourself in other people's shoes. I don't know what I would do if this were me. I mean, this is, this is like life crashing kind of stuff. It's really sad, and I'm really sorry for Ben Zobrist. Yes, and by the way, Ben is going to move forward. I'm going to hold that, and uh, the journey of life is the journey of life. Uh, obviously, uh, perhaps, you know, I don't know. Uh, ben and Juliana are never going to speak again, or if they do, it'll be one hell of a conversation. But uh, th this, this is just uh, so completely Beginning in 2008, Yon talked daily with Julianne Zobris. The, the lawsuit states the their sexual relationship began the spring of 2019, lasted for about a year. A year. Yon yeah. and Julianne Zobris used prepaid mobile telephones to help conceal their relationship, the lawsuit states. Yon's wife, by the way, Robin Yon, reportedly discovered the phone. So this dude was married as well. Robin Yon then notified Ben Zobris. Imagine getting that call. But she told him she believed her husband and his wife were engaged in an emotional relationship, not a physical one. The lawsuit states the Zobers then began marital counseling. Good God. It's just horrible. Horrible. I mean, horrible. But, you know, sometimes I think because you and I have been in the media long enough, you hear stories about why guys are struggling. And sometimes these are not things that can be reported because there isn't enough corroborating information. You know, you hear things through the rumor mill or whatever, but it sometimes now can provide context. When your favorite player is struggling, sometimes it's more than just like they're having trouble hitting the fastball. And so I'm not saying that fans can't be frustrated when a guy isn't performing, but what I am saying is sometimes there's something a little deeper, right? And so having a little empathy for others is a good thing. And I'm not saying that you absolve every guy that's struggling, but come on. I mean, it's just that stuff. I, I honestly, I, like I said, I don't know how I would be able to mentally handle it if that were me. And I'm really, really sorry. Not well, that. I can promise you it would be not, it would not be well. And, and the same thing for myself and the same thing for anyone. Jordan, we're uh, this is an up against the clock podcast. Burnfield's got a big day. So I want to end on something positive because 
Somewhere out there, by the way, Ben Zobrist is someone's favorite Cub player of all time. MVP of the 2016 World Series, biggest hitting Cubs history. Uh, the knockdown the, uh, just inside the line in Game 7. That was amazing. Kyle Schwarber, by the way, started that inning with a base knock to right. We love you, Kyle Schwarber, forever and always, which is why you should still be a Cub and not Jock Peterson. But that's a story for another time. Actually, it's a story for right now. But I was playing softball Monday night, right, in the middle of Javi Baez's meltdown. And uh, I'm running out to right field, which is just a pathetic thing, by the way. I've just been – I mean, when you're demoted to right field – I mean, I used to be a left center fielder. Then it was right center, and now I'm in right. I used to be a oh, is right bad because, like, there's not as many lefties, so you get fewer – Yeah, you, know. you get the, the right fielder, and literally he's a complete loser. I mean, he's, 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 going, he's on his way to, to Harvard. He's not on his way to, you know, playing on the high school baseball team. It's so, in fact, he's not a loser. He is the most successful of all. Right. Yes, yes. he's going to be the most successful for sure. And I mean, he'll be a part of the Northwestern chance. That's all right. That's okay. You'll work for us someday. But he's not going to be playing Major League Baseball. He's going to be making millions of dollars uh, running a yes. consulting firm, which is great. Fine. But as somebody like myself, Jordan, who's not making millions of dollars in a consulting firm, playing right field in softball is a blow that I, quite frankly, never wanted in my life. And now I'm, I've been just relegated to it. And it's disgusting. And I feel sick about it. And I might have to call up Ken Hendrickson right after this podcast and yell at him for putting me in right. But the thing is that I belong in right. I'm not better than any of the other outfielders. He's not wrong. So I'm just hanging on to right field. That dude over there is faster and more adept at finding the softball than I am at this point in my career. Who's going to have a higher on base percentage, you in right field or Jason Hayward? <laughs> That's it. That I got him on. But I did start out. I Dude, and I started out, it was a doubleheader. I, I went 0 for 3 in, in my first at bats, and we're killing this team. But when so I you, come, you go for three, you're not you're not suggesting that you should be coming out of right field. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, and and and, and I have to get a couple hits there. Kenny came up to me, so he's like, "Hey, uh, do you mind if Tarney hits for you?" I got pinch hit for in my O for three. Yes, go ahead. We can have Tarney hits, which was say, not say hello I, to Tarney for me. Great, dude, man. great man. I got demoted for for Tarney in, in softball. Uh, next game, I went three for four for the record, by the way. But so my point is, I'm want, running out to right field. One of one of the guys is a veteran Cub uh, fan. I asked him, who's your favorite Cub of all time? Just a one-second conversation as you're running out to right field. He's playing second base. And he says, Don Kessinger. It's like, I know he's not the, the best player of all time, but, you know, Good that's, choice. you know, I'm 69, you know, shortstop. That was my guy. You know, everybody says Ernie, but I was a Don Kessinger guy. Great. And he's a shortstop, you know, that. So he loved Kessinger. So then I'm thinking to myself, you know, who's my favorite? My true favorite, like, when I really loved him beyond belief. I mean, I was a Sean Dunstan guy. I loved the Sean O'Meter. I loved, I loved everything about him. Base it up the middle. He's hustling. It's a double. That's awesome. No one in Cub history has ever done that. So, But see, you, you saying this now, you realize that the man who worships at the altar of Sean Dunstan is Brian Beto. So if Beto were here... And the Seanometer, I believe, is his number one guy. Yeah. He loves Sean Dunstan. Right. And he's not here because he's he's doing something and he and we're low rung, we're we're low rung friends and 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 in theory, I guess co-workers, if you want to call it that, um, or co-podcasters. But so who's your favorite of all time, Jordan? My favorite cub of all time. I mean, yep. for me, it's Maddox, because Maddox is my favorite, is my favorite athlete of all time. So obviously the best parts of his career were not with the Cubs, but he did have obviously a couple 
amazing years as a Cub and his early part of his career. But Maddox is number one and Sandberg is number two for me. I loved Rhino, still love Rhino and loved Maddox. And, you know, I think for this era of Cubs, Lester and Bryant were my two favorites. I mean, just because to me, John Lester, and I, don't get me wrong, I love Kyle Hendricks. I know we've discussed this because, you know, I, 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 re- I feel like I relate to him in a certain way. But to me, John Lester is like everything you want out of your favorite players. He gives you everything he has every time he plays and puts it all out there. And I don't know how anyone could not love him. And he was great. I mean, he was just great as a Cub and justified every dollar they paid him. So love you, John Lester. And Chris Bryant, for all the Cub fans that have been ripping him for years. You suck. It just doesn't make sense. It you never suck. Makes sense to me. You suck. You should fire yourself. You should be, you, you are, you are fire not, yourself. A, you're, you're not allowed in Wrigley field. As far as I'm concerned, you absolutely positively suck. Um, all right. You got to go. I, I guess I have to leave then too, because I have no one to talk to. Thanks so much for listening to the Wendy, by the way, uh, please. Uh, if you're our listener, hit us up on Twitter at Jordan Burnfield at the Carm with your favorite cub. Uh, we will respond and we will send you a sticker. The Windy City uh, merchandise will be on the way to you. Hit me in the DMs with your address and I will. Does the sticker have a blue Mark Harmon face on it? I think the kid was from Puerto Rico. I think we're playing Puerto Rico. (laughs) This uh, This is some kid from Puerto Rico. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. And Michael is screaming at him. And I'm like, you know, Michael, the kid, he, I don't even know if he meant, I don't even know if he said it, but no, no, no. He said it. I read it in the newspaper. I mean, we're laughing our ass off. Is there a way we can help you make up with Michael Jordan? Is there ever going to be a sit down between you two? I love Michael. Uh, I miss Michael. Uh, it's really an unfortunate situation. He, we were like brothers for, and I love him like a brother. But you know what? Uh, man, I got to do my job. Like, your job is not to bash guys you don't. One of the reasons I hate, like, Skip Bayless. I hate that dude. Right, your job is not to be nice to guys who are your friends or pump up guys that you like or be against guys you don't like. I remember the night the late, great Kobe Bryant texted me like 50 times one night cursing me out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.